Hey, this is Kevin. I want to invite you to join me and friends around the world for an international live broadcast at 10 a.m. on Friday, May the 7th. I'm going to be sharing a powerful word from God's word entitled, Get to the Point. I am excited about this message. I can't wait to share it with you. Join us via Facebook Live, YouTube, or Zoom. Go to kevinwhite.us for full details. I'll see you there. Do you want to make a difference in the world? and see the lives of the people of India and all internationals transformed with the gospel? As India goes, all Asia will go with it. Living the Dream podcast provides tools for you to pray, give, and go as you become an active participant in the Great Commission and help your church's demographic represent the demographic of your community. Get ready to find your strategy for reaching your community and changing the world here at Living the Dream podcast with your host, Pastor Kevin. Good morning. This is Pastor Kevin. It is Tuesday, April the 6th, and you are listening to Living the Dream podcast. Welcome to everyone in the USA, India, Iran, Spain, South Africa, Germany, Russia, Philippines, Finland, Canada, France, Egypt, Australia, Uganda, Saudi Arabia, Mongolia, wow, South Korea, Ghana, United Kingdom, Palestine, Taiwan, Puerto Rico, Pakistan, Italy. I could go on and on and on. We just want to welcome each and every one of you to the audience today. We have an exciting episode lined up as we are going to be discussing hate crimes against Asian Americans. It's becoming an issue. And for the longest time in the history of the United States, racism has been defined as a black and white issue a conflict between blacks and whites. And while we understand that in the history of the USA, if you travel the world, you see that racism is not a black and white issue. It's a global issue. In 2020, God has began to allow a lot of impurities to just boil to the surface. He's really doing a refinement and a pruning as I, as I understand it. And hopefully you in the audience can understand and appreciate that as well. We have had the Me Too movement. We've had Black Lives Matter movement. Lots of great things happening as people are standing up for injustice. And one of the things that is recent in our history, not just here in the USA, but around the world is hate crimes against Asians, not just Asian Americans, but Asians around the world. And it's not new. This is not something that just happened last week. It's something that's been ongoing, but it's beginning to gain traction and exposure. And as you know, here on the podcast, we are championing the vision in Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 12, where we are given the vision that in heaven there will be the throne of Jesus and it will be surrounded by people of every nation, every tribe, and every tongue. 
worshiping Jesus as Savior and Lord for all eternity. It's a beautiful picture of heaven. And when Jesus was walking on earth, he really challenged us to see God's plan to bring heaven to earth. And he was a Savior that really brought down walls. He did not build walls. He actually built bridges. And we're going to talk about that on the show. We have one of my co-workers, a co-host with me, Justin on the line today. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm Thank glad you. to be here. Justin is an Asian <laughs> and I'm an American. Yep. And wow. so this will be a great conversation, but we have a good friend that we have met over in India, mm-hmm. Thim Yeah, Thim Thimsala huh? is on the call today. Welcome to Living the Hi. Dream. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'll give a little history and then we're going to dive in and let you just share some of your story. It was really a blessing that I was standing in a coffee shop in Dimapur, Nagaland in Northeast India with one of my ministry partners and he introduced me to an American and that American was from North Carolina. <laughs> I'd yes. never met your husband, Nathan, until that day. But he, t- he spoke in a Southern accent, just like <laughs> I do. And we're both standing in Asia proper in Dimapur, Nagaland. And here is this white man from North Carolina talking to another white man from North Carolina. And it was just a very surreal moment to be able to meet your husband. And now, since then, we've gotten to know you and what a beautiful sister in the Lord you are and your two daughters. And God's just given you a great family, just a friendship in in the Lord. And so welcome to the show. Help us just to get to know you. And before the show, you were telling me about that day. You'll never forget it when I met your husband, Nathan. Share share that with me again. Oh, yes. I think he came to the coffee shop and it was a day that my daddy went home to be with the Lord. Mm. And so we know that it's a day that both of us will never forget meeting you. And so I believe God had, you know, some wonderful plans and he mm. made sure that we never forget each other. <laughs> mm. Sad day for your loss, but a great day for heaven's gain. Yes, and amen to that. Yeah, yes. I just honor your your memory and that anniversary of your dad's home going in that way. But what a blessing it was for me just to run into Nathan that day and chat with him briefly. And I had no clue that he had this beautiful Asian wife. Thank um, you. These daughters. How did you and Nathan actually meet? Can you share just a little bit of your backstory? We were at a school here in the U.S. And so we were both at the same school and that's how we met. We dated for quite some time Mm -hmm. and we wanted to make sure that, you know, that's where God is leading us. And so he came to visit my family to see where I came from, not just knowing me, but he wanted to know my family as well. Mm -hmm. And so that's how we ended up finally getting married and yes staying here in the u.s as well i want to try my best and i need your help to communicate this to the audience because we really need to honor the word asian and and help our audience to understand if you've never been in the hills of Nagaland, India, you're you're not going to necessarily know this. But 
Asian is a very broad word for most Asians because what that represents is just a classification of their race. When Themsala was growing up, she was a part of a tribe, and there were many tribes in Nagaland, India, and mm -hmm. uh, this is this is a lot of different groups. And so when an Asian woman marries, the family has a lot to say <laughs> and a lot of perspective oh, yes, about that. <laughs> and, you know, like there are certain tribes you grow up, you know, not wanting to marry into and vice versa. There's a mm -hmm. lot of prejudice. There's a lot of human opinion. Some of them right, some of them wrong. What was it like for your family to hear that, that you were beginning to sense that God would have you to marry an American. Was that a positive thing or did well, that come with some very interesting conversations? <laughs> it did come with a very interesting conversation because a lot of people had, you know, based on what they see in the media or other things, they have formed a different kind of opinion about what the West is all about and so mm -hmm. when it comes to family and other things my family being very protective of their daughters they had a lot of reservations when it came to you know saying okay this far from this man from far away land and that happened to be from another country and also not just another country but coming from a western part of the country what is it going to be like what are their values and mm -hmm. you know we know all the things going on that we read in, in the papers, magazines, you know, the Hollywood things and stuff like that. And so they all had their own formed opinion about what the West was. Mm -hmm. And so they were very, very cautious. And for quite some time, my family was not very happy with that relationship. Sure. We'll flip it so, to the other yeah. side. Let's just think about Nathan's family. Do you have any insight to their willingness to accept or their concern? I I mean, personally, I think one of their main concern was that we are from so very different part of the world. Mm -hmm. And yet, I think in many ways, his parents were quite open and very accepting. And that's one thing. I cherish even today. Mm -hmm. Well, praise God. And I, I know having been able to fellowship with you and Nathan that you really have healthy relationships because both of you have a healthy relationship and maybe it started off with some turbulence, but, but God has certainly yeah. given you grace and you, mm -hmm. you, yes. he is loved by your family and you are loved by his family. And God has really done a miraculous thing to bring these two individuals together as well as mm -hmm. their two families together and mm -hmm. nations together like that i want to remove what i'm about to say from the context of nathan and themsala when just a stereotypical american thinks of an asian woman marrying a american man it's not uncommon to start having a sense of suspicion that she's yes. coming after money or she's coming after access to to america green, and yeah yes, green card uh-huh green card yeah you got it <laughs> That's right. you got it uh how have you how have you been exposed to that kind of mentality and suspicion as a result of of god calling 
you and Nathan to fall in love with each other? In different ways, maybe um, I might have been too naive to recognize that or to acknowledge, even though uh, it might have been there. But it, I, I guess it all depends on where your heart is. If I was clear on that. And so even though I might have seen it, I just ignored it, I think. Mm-hmm. I did not think about it. It was not an issue for me. And so... Um, even though other might have other people might have thought about it or insinuated, I did not recognize it. Maybe I'm, I was too naive to recognize it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I pray that God built a bubble of grace around you to be naive about that. All of a sudden, unexpectedly, God started blessing our family. We just get building. God multiplies. It's a miracle that God provided us many times when we needed it the most. What's your generosity story? Check out some heartwarming stories at generosityofgod.com and share your story. You'll find amazing stories. He said, hey, this is for you. And asked me to take what uh, was in his hands. It was exactly 10,000 rupees. I was so overwhelmed and uh, shocked by God's goodness. As she did that, Paige went on out to her vehicle, loaded it in the trunk of her car, and she said, okay, God, what now? Miraculous stories by ordinary people just like you. Go to generosityofgod.com and share your story today. How do you swallow an elephant? Well, the answer is one bite at a time. Hi, I'm Kevin White, and I'm inviting you to subscribe to Generously Blessed, my free one-minute motivation series. In Romans 12, verse 2, God says we are transformed as we change our minds. When you subscribe to Generously Blessed, I will send you a personal email Monday through Friday and coach you day by day into a life generously blessed by God. Go to kevinwhite.us and subscribe now. It will be one minute a day you'll not regret. I guarantee it. Kevin's new book, Audacious Generosity, was an instant international bestseller on Amazon. Audacious Generosity is now available worldwide on Amazon in paperback, hardback, ebook, and audiobook. You'll find the Audacious Generosity ebook on Apple Books, Kindle, Google Play, and all the popular online ebook stores. The Audacious Generosity audiobook was recorded by Kevin himself and reviewers are loving it. The audiobook can be found online in over 40 audiobook stores worldwide, including Audible, Apple, Google, and more. Buy Audacious Generosity for yourself. Gift it to your family and friends for the holidays. Discover why Audacious Generosity was an instant bestseller. Audacious Generosity is all about you enjoying a living relationship with God that's fueled by courage, characterized by freedom, and overflowing with audacious generosity. Get your copy today.
let's just talk about arranged marriages and love marriages. So in India, the culture, for the most part, even in Northeast India, is arranged marriages. Now there's more cultural acceptance in Northeast India about love marriages, but obviously mm-hmm. in, in, in America, most marriages are what would be considered love marriages. Interestingly, statistically, arranged marriages have greater success than love marriages in the West do. And so I think we could learn a lot from, from arranged marriages, not that one's better or, or than the other, and mm-hmm. not that one is of God and the other one's not. So you and mm-hmm. Nathan met in Bible college. I assume you would consider that y'all were a love marriage, right? Yes, we did. Uh, it was more of a love marriage for us than an arranged. And so mm-hmm. we have known each other before. Nate came to introduce himself to our family, to my family. Mm-hmm. And in the course of our dating, we had made uh, several pledges. And it's not just to each other, but to God. Yeah. That more than anything else, that we will protect each other. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so there were certain things that we said, you know, those are the boundaries that we cannot cross. Even with dating, it might be culturally appropriate here or there, but... You know, we have to go by what uh, God's word says and what God's culture is, not what the world culture is or my my culture or his culture. Mm-hmm. So we have to come up with something that biblically would consider that this will be the right thing for us to do. Amen. I really wish and long for that for everyone in the audience that we would hear what you just said. And that is we really each of us need to look to the Bible to be the the foundation of our culture. Sometimes yes. we're given culture by the tradition of our family, and that can be biblical. But if it's not, the Bible needs to trump that when we talk about this area of equality, sometimes we are born with a mentality that there is a superior race, a superior gender, that there's a lot of things that that is handed down that isn't necessarily biblical. And, and we need to let, as we trust our lives over to God, we need to let him define those things mm-hmm. in our lives. Um, so bravo mm-hmm. to you and Nathan for really allowing that. What you represent is pretty common in that you have a man and a woman who fall in love. And, yes. and so obviously as an adult, you can consider the risk of what uh, you might face related to prejudice and discrimination and things like that. But what happens is you you get married and then And then often there's a reality check that happens of the decisions that led you to fall in love and to get married are now Mm -hmm. going to come with consequences and potential risks to your, to your children. Can you just describe some of that? Like you have two beautiful daughters, you've lived in India and you've lived in the USA and you're, yes. you're really able to raise your daughters from the very beginning of multiple cultures, their family, uh, they're born into multiple cultures, multiple traditions and, mm-hmm. and, and things. How have you balanced that or experienced that with, with raising your children as far as the impact of your decisions and the consequences on, uh, that they might face? 
One thing, Kevin, that I have to really, both Nate and I have to constantly keep in mind is we don't have all the answers. Mm -hmm. And we cannot be 100% right all the time either, even with raising our kids. Mm -hmm. And so our whole dependency has to be with the Lord. And that's something that we cannot deviate from or let our guards down at any time at all. Mm -hmm. If we let our guards down, we can be astray. And when we go astray, it means we are dragging our kids on that path. And so we have to be very careful about that. I mean, our daughters, you know, they have seen the streets. They have grown in the streets, getting to know people in the Mm -hmm. streets. In both countries, they have got to know different people. Let me just put it, human race. Questions rise, why do they do this way? Or why are they like this? Or mama, is it right? Or daddy, is that what we are supposed to do? Mm-hmm. So when those questions comes in, we teach our daughters to always go back and say, is that what God would want you to do? Mm-hmm. It's not a matter of, whether my culture says this or his culture says that, because our culture can go wrong too. Mm-hmm. And it may, it's not 100%, you know, right all the time, either mm-hmm. way. But God's word is never, never wrong. And mm-hmm. so we always teach our girls that they need to always go back to the, to the word of God to see what, is this what God wants me to do? Is that what the word of God says? Because even with our emotions, our feelings can deceive us. And even sometimes our eyes can deceive us. And so we need to be very, very careful and strain everything through the Word of God. That's what we teach our kids all the time when we talk about the other things that rise up when it comes to cultural issues or stuff like that. That's a practical strategy that everyone in the audience can apply of just really, again, looking at what God would say, looking at his word and not not instilling into our children that this is a fear being passed down of these particular people from the history of our family, but that we're going to go and look at what God's word says about the human race. And what you're going to find in God's word is that he is a God of equality mm-hmm. and, and that he has never positioned the male is more dominant than the female or the white is more dominant than the black or anything like that. Uh, he, he is a God that sent his one and only son to die for all. And, yes. and he loves all and serves all. And his followers are to love all and serve all. We don't see a variety of nationalities as far as uh, within a preference or a favorable eye, we see all people equally. And we recognize that every one of us share the same creator. And Mm -hmm. so we don't start arguing with the creator why some people have a darker skin color or they may have rhythm and other people don't have rhythm. And the list could go on and on and on about all of the the differences. We see beauty in differences instead of of being threatened threatened by it. We're going to take a pause right there and come back next week for part two of this conversation. We just allowed Themsala to share her backstory with us, and it really builds up a foundation for some really tough 
conversations as we really dive in to how she has witnessed racism in India as well as in the USA, not necessarily in a personal way of any crime against her. Justin chimes in as well, but both of them have just been exposed to discrimination and to bias and to suspicion. And we're going to dive into that next week. And I can't wait to continue the conversation with part two next week here on Living the Dream. I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to the Living the Dream podcast, empowering and equipping church staff with an identifiable and measurable strategy for reaching internationals and changing the world. You can help us live the dream by liking, commenting, subscribing to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can find more resources to empower and equip your church staff at globalhopeindia.org resources. That's globalhopeindia.org resources.